up, everybody? God, it's a beautiful day. It is. Well, yeah, I'll let you slide on that one. <laughs> you know what? It's at least past December 21st. So, like, yeah. it's not going to get, it's not going to stay dark out as early. Right. I said that really weird. It's it's progressively, get, the days are getting longer. Yes. Even yes. though it's so damn cold. It always feels later in the day. I, would, I was never susceptible to this. Like, when I was younger, or, like, even in college, I would, like, I thrived in the winter when everyone else yeah. is getting their, like, hibernation phase on, and I'm just, said, like... I'm going to hustle. I'm still, like, yeah, I'm still just, like, burning, burning, burning through But that. now, not so much? And now I'm just, like, ugh, <laughs> 6 o'clock. Ooh, I should probably go to bed. <laughs> so I better wind down I better turn evening. Fraser on so Man. I can get, get in bed and drink a tea. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, Fraser. Well, shit. I'm Mike Schulte. Uh, I don't even know what episode we're on yet. I mean, because we're going to keep it in succession. But again, yeah. this was formerly known as the Cedar Rapids Music Scene Podcast, but now it's right. called the Iowa Music Podcast. Yes. So far, unbelievable rave reviews. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. People are like, just that name change alone makes me want to watch it. That's right. Watch it. Watch try, it. Try to listen to it. Watch it on my radio yes. with, with my ears. AJ Vans, <laughs> my co-host, producer. How you been, man? I've been doing very good. Are you excited about the name change? I am, actually, because we, we went back and forth on this a lot, <laughs> and I didn't give a lot of great input, but then you found out the like my suggestion was basically already taken, Yeah, and you're like, shut up, AJ. Here's like eight more, and then we you settled on this it one. Doesn't so. even matter. It doesn't even matter. Iowa Music Podcast. Yeah. We keep the CRMS Presents in there just for a little while, so you understand where it's coming we, from. We know where we come from. We, we know, know our roots. We're not forgetting our roots, That's okay? Right. That's right. Just because we're in the whole state now doesn't mean we like <laughs> moved away from Cedar Rapids. Right, right. Dude, so I finally got to listen to the I'm Super Stoked podcast, top 10 movies of the decade. Yes. I agreed with most of them. Okay. I had my own, but uh, I also went through and made my top 10 albums I and saw top that. 10 songs of the decade. That's, that was that's so hard. So hard. In fact, actually, I ended, it ended up being more like 15 albums and 20 songs. Wow. Because, uh, dude, I mean, all I essentially did was I went back to my iTunes. I'm an Apple guy. Okay. And I, and I sorted by date. Yeah. And I just went all the way back to January 1st, 2010. Uh-huh. And I just started scrolling, waiting to see those songs and those albums that caught my eye. Yeah. Made a list and then started prioritizing the list. I was pretty happy with it. Yeah. I was pretty content with it. Yeah. But at the same time, that was really hard, and I don't recommend doing Do you that. F- I was going to say, like, <laughs> I would have so much trouble doing that because I am just so afraid I'm going to miss something. Yeah. Like, like somebody's going to be like, I saw your top 10 list. Really? Not this? This wasn't on there? Yeah. And I'm going to be like, oh, shit, I forgot about that. Yeah, you know, I got, and then I got, redo I, it completely. And- I put my top 10 movie list on your page, and yeah. I got, like, somebody, like, Jeff... Yeah, Jeff Rogendorf was yeah. like, oh, you didn't put in error. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> this is my list. No, because it's mine, okay? I don't see you making a list. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Where's your list? You can't join my list. It's not as easy as you think, yeah. you know? And the thing is, it's like taking a list of like 20 or 25, oh, and God. you can list all those. Try narrowing that down to 10. Well, and Just then you feel like number 10. 11, you feel like you're not giving them any credit. Exactly. When number 11 was an incredible album yeah. or an incredible song, and yes. you're not giving it credit. Exactly. What was your number 11 movie? My number if you had to uh, if you had to put one that just didn't make the list. Oh, I think I can I can actually tell you. Because uh, I know you didn't it, do that in the episode, it, but it, what was it? What was the one that just any given day could have changed? Um I think it was one of them was uh Place Beyond the Pines. Yep. Um and then the other one was um uh, uh, the big short. That's okay. The other one. Those yeah. are the ones that were like, ah, yeah. I danced so hard on those movies. I danced so hard on those, man. Yeah. 
Well, if you guys want a little project while we're still dealing with this boring old doldrums of winter, like go back, go back to your decade, go back to last year and try and come up with your favorite songs, favorite Mm -hmm. movies, favorite albums. Yeah. It's a pretty good brain exercise and it actually reminds you of some good. I had a lot of fun, like rewatching movies, re-listening to albums, re-listening to songs. Because it drums up. That's the cool thing about music. And that's why I think we will. I Like, I've got to do the music, the top 10 music. Because it does. It drums up all those uh, emotions. And it, doesn't music just, like, do that to you? Yeah, like, completely. You hear know, a song, you know you're taken back to where you were. exactly where you were, dude. Yeah. That's and a big whether thing for good, me. Whether good or bad, too. There are some songs that evoke very negative time periods, but you... St- you're still like, ah, yeah, feels good. That's right. Feels yeah. good. It hurts so it's good. Like, oh my god! I remember that. Oh, it was man. really corny. Like we were coming home from a concert. We we watched uh, Motion City soundtrack. Hell yes! On New Year's Eve, and they opened. They we broke in the new year, new decade when they opened with their song called New Year, and uh, we watched that happen. We were leaving. Chicago though, and we just happened to be listening to Death Cab, and I was like, "Oh so man, this is the new yes." Year. Yep. And then we like we listened to that like leaving Chicago, oh. and you're just like, "Man, why do I feel like I'm in just some sort of movie like Joe Swanberg?" <laughs> it's like, yeah. what's happening? Am I being punked? I think I am. Ashton, the feelings. Anyways, yeah. Did you uh, do you think Just Friends is a good Christmas movie? It's one of my. We favorites. talked about that. Good. It's okay. one of my favorites. I yes. What's your, what's your favorite line in the movie? My favorite line. Um, <laughs> There's so many. <laughs> you actually don't even call it your favorite. Just what's one of your go-tos? It, it, when it's when he says he brings home the girl Anna Ferris, and he says slapped a ham to it about like <laughs> ten an hour ago, and she's what ham did you what slap? Ham did Not you? the ham I just bought. <laughs> Oh, it's so good. My my favorite part that I still die is when is when Anna Ferris is in the bar and she keeps going. She keeps calling his name. What's his name? Uh, Chris. 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 He goes. I'm busy. She goes. I'm busy. I'm busy. All right, those are the two things I want to remind you, even though it's January. Just Friends is one of the best Christmas movies ever. Uh huh. And number two, this is very important. If you're one of those people that thinks that the decade is that the last decade is still going. Mm-hmm. Until to, to, no. until 2020 is over, you are wrong. Wrong. Sir. In fact, there's something <laughs> wrong with you. <laughs> yeah. Why would you ever? There, okay, in case you don't know what I'm talking about, some people like clearly the decade ended, mm-hmm. and now we are in the 20s. We're in the new decade right. at New Year's Eve. But there are some people that think that you have to make it through 20 before the new decade starts. No. No. And I know what you're doing. You're going, what? That doesn't make sense. And I'm like, yeah, I know. But there are, you walk amongst people that think that this is a thing. Yeah. And there, you're so wrong. In fact, here's the number one way to prove this. Yes. When it turned 2000, that was a new century, right? Right. Okay. So there we go. There it is. That's all it is. I, just, I literally just proved it to you. You fixed it. <laughs> I fixed it. I fixed it. This is that we are now in the twenties. Yes. We were in the tens. We're in the twenties. Yes. Okay. So that's, I'm sorry. We're there. I just had to get that off my head. Yeah. Sorry. I had to get that off my conscience. No, that's good. I'm glad hope, you did. I yeah, hope you feel better. I feel so much better. Good. How was, uh, how was your, I totally forgot to ask you, how was your, uh, Wolf Den Wears pop-up sh- shop? Dude, it was amazing. Like yeah. I was completely taken aback by like, the support we got with completely that. surpassed anything oh you could have ever thought. We were just hoping, I was just hoping to make enough that we broke even on how much it was to rent the place. Yeah. And, um, and we, we, I mean, we, it just blew our wildest expectations. I came down to see you yes. after eating a lobster roll at, uh, <sighs> a lobster roll and some oysters at Birch street. Birch, Yeah. So good. St. Yeah. Birch, St. Birch, 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 whatever. Yeah. 
and I came to see you and you were not there because yes. you had to go home to yes. print more shirts. Yes. I had to come That's back. That's a success. Here. Yes, exactly. And I felt so bad. I was like, oh, it's all good. I was like, oh, like you texted me. And then like, I, I had texted you back. I was like, oh, hey, if you could wait like a half hour. And I realized <laughs> I never sent that text message. It's all good, man. And so I got a lobster roll, some oysters, and I yeah. bought some Wolf Den Wear shirt. Finally got like my rain gear jacket. Yes. Yeah, How so do you I'm, like it? I'm, I haven't worn it yet. Okay. I'm very pumped too, though. Yeah. Come like springtime. Yeah. I think that's going to be my jam. That's, that's what it's going to be. I think it's, it's going to be a springtime it's, thing. It's a, it's a, I call it a three seasons jacket, yeah, you yeah. know, like that's, that's my thing. I might try so, it in the winter. Put yeah. it over a coat. It's a layering jacket, yeah, yeah. you know. Keeps yeah. the wind out. That's right. If you got your favorite hoodie, just put it over that. Yep. And then you, that's what you rock, man. All right. So, that's what I'm going to do tomorrow. Yeah, dude. Uh, well, dude, I'm so glad to hear that. Uh, I'm so glad that we had our guest uh, today. We got a great interview coming up here from Josh Meisner who I'll, I'll get to it in the episode, but seriously, I owe Josh Meisner so much. I owe him everything, not only his friendship, he's been a great friend, but I owe him everything that I'm currently doing in music and everything I have was yeah. literally because of him. Wow. Because he drew, he drug me out of a shell. <laughs> it this set in this chain of emotion, our chain of uh, events yeah. that led me to everything I'm doing right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and f- if it wasn't for him, I've said it many times, I probably wouldn't even be playing music. Wow. Which is weird. Weird to think about. Cause there was about a year or two there where I didn't touch, I didn't touch a drum set, didn't touch a guitar. I said, I'm done. So strange. I'm an adult. Yeah. But now here I am, uh, be quickly becoming the old man who's like that guy's still playing music <laughs> i'm getting there you getting there yeah but this is such a great episode uh i mean josh josh is if you don't know him uh he's he's one of the more talented musicians and singers in the area he's had a cool uh he's had a cool trip um through many different original bands solo projects cover bands original bands uh living in different states um recording in nashville so many so many different cool things that i think he sheds a lot of uh interesting light on really yeah i think there's a there's a lot of modesty um in the conversation, you know, like even, I think even times like, you know, trying to, to draw some things out, yeah. but he's still so modest about like yeah. his successes that totally. he's had. Um, and he's just a very sweet individual, yeah, you know, just, just overall. Uh, and it's really nice to, it's, it's very refreshing to yep. get that conversation. Uh, cause I have, I hadn't had too many opportunities to have yeah. to do that with him. It was nice to, to be here and, and do that. So, yeah. Well, yeah. I think you guys are going to really love this. And again, we appreciate you being here. We appreciate you subscribing, hitting the five star rating, uh, you know, just sharing this. Like, if you like, here's the thing: there's not many podcast episodes right now. No, I'm I'm completely listened to everything, mm-hmm. and I need more. I was going to work out today, and I didn't have a podcast to listen to because oh, no. there was no episodes to listen to of anything. So, like, you're thinking this, your friends are thinking this. Share this. Yeah. Somebody might want to hear that. They That's might right. want to check this episode out. Yep. But again, we we appreciate you guys. And without further ado, here is our interview with Josh Meisner. Well, Josh Meisner, uh, I hear that not only are you our guest today, but I also hear that you're like a podcast expert at this point. Oh, man. I have so many under my belt. <laughs> I can't even keep track. Uh, yep. I did one last week with, you, with the DJ. Yeah. You were you were just on the GXP podcast. And uh, how did I mean, like, you don't seem much like a like a do you listen to podcasts? I do. OK, uh, I do. Uh, I listen to a podcast called Bad Christian. Okay. And uh, it's just about, um, well, it's a bunch of these guys that um, they're Christians, but they kind of think out of the box. Okay. And kind of like more my my lane of like, you know, this is what the Bible says. This is what 
evangelicals and Christians think and say, but man, like really what does it say? And like, how do we translate it? And how do we, how do we go back to the context and what does like Jesus have to say about it? And so, and, uh, deals with culture and politics. And so I love bad Christian and then dude, huge Rogan fan. Yeah. Mm. So I can't get enough of him. He's maybe, pretty fantastic. Addicted. They but run you, on so long. They run on so long. But you just get lost in those, don't you? You don't always finish it. No, you don't. You, you usually go about <laughs> as far as you can, and then you're like, well, let's move on to the next <laughs> one, right? Different one, too, yeah. Well, I'm glad that you finally decided that you would bring your beautiful, sultry voice to, to the podcast world of being a guest. Because, dude, I mean, you are legitimately, like, pretty damn interesting. I think a lot of people know you. I'd like to th- I'd like to tell the world how I know you. Okay, yeah. All right, it's that, so, a good story. So, I, first of all, uh, when I played in my original band, Brian Jones, mm-hmm. I remember I remember hearing about a band called All But Screaming, mm-hmm. and I would be like, "Man, those guys! No, they're no they're no good. Like, <laughs> why do they have such good crowds? Like, oh, I bet they're terrible. I would I would never see them or listen to them, <laughs> but I bet they're terrible. <laughs> and I ha- I didn't even know who you were. I just knew that there was a band called All But Screaming, which you were in. Then I quit playing music altogether. Right, like we've discussed many times, yeah. and I got a job at Agon Trans America, mm, C Street. Oh man, what a great place! Mm. We used to go to lunch there. All, uh, never mind. We'll <laughs> talk about this some other time. But uh, it, I think I, I think I started working, and then maybe about six months later, a guy named Josh Meisner starts working, mm-hmm. and we had some mutual friends like Jay Johnston, mm-hmm. and you started working with them. And I Burns. get to yeah Burns exactly, and I, I get to meet him. We'll, we'll have we'll have lunch with the crew, and and uh, Josh finds out that I I play drums or played drums at some point. And Josh gets this wild idea to start a cover band, right? Yeah. And he's like, dude, it'll be sweet. Like, we'll, we'll, we'll go out, we'll learn some songs, we'll just play a couple times. And I said, no fucking way. <laughs> <laughs> cover band, are you serious? Do you remember that? Like, oh, yeah. I, I legitimately was like, no. Man. Like, I'm retired, and how you dare you? several times. How dare you tell me to play in a cover band? <laughs> but then Josh starts going, no, it's cool, because we'll make, like, Hundred bucks a piece, two hundred bucks a piece. Well, you know, okay. Well, <laughs> let's try it, but I'm not going to tell anybody that I'm playing. And so we started uh, the Josh Meisner Band, which is what we called it, fitting because Josh Meisner is the talent. Uh, uh, and uh, and we played what? We played a couple times. Like we played like every couple months at what? Like cocktails. And I think we uh, volume. We also played at Wrigleyville for our first show. And my first show out of the gate for the Broke first the snare drum. first first show mm. in a year and a half, two years, <laughs> and I'm so excited to get back into it. Like second song, I went right through my snare drum oh, on my God. with my stick. Yeah, you know what's so interesting about I call it JMB. All right, I mean Josh Meiser band, whatever. If JMB go, band. Yeah, if I could go back, we probably could have put our heads together and come up with a better band name. But anyways, what was ironic? What was just bizarre about that band is that you coming out of this original lifestyle. Yeah. Uh, I had to convince you to play other people's music. Yep. And then who did we pick up along the way? Who was even Dan more Roland. staunch? Just like, You're no. Because Brandon Eels was our original bass yes, player. Did yes. your brother even sit in for a I'm, second? I don't I think don't he know. did. I don't think so. We we needed a new bass player. And and like Josh said, if you know Dan Roland, he played in the occasions. Uh, one of the best bass players oh, yeah. in the state, right? But I mean, if if I was a staunch uh, opposition to cover bands, Dan was even worse. I we, mean, even worse yep. to be. I'm not playing in a cover band. That took a lot of convincing. Remember, we took him out to dinner at Beckett's. Oh yeah, do you remember that place? We like we had to, we had to like wine and dino. 
And I think the selling point was like, okay, listen, you'll never make less than $150 no matter what, and, and we're going to have some fun. Which and was huge 10 years ago. I mean, that's, that's a lot. Yeah. For, for me, that, that's why I did it because I'm thinking, still man, really good today. Yeah. yeah, that's still a great payment to ultimately do something fun. Yeah. And so we got Dan on board, and we ended up doing a nice little run. Like, we started gaining a little steam. We were playing some shows. Uh, we were playing in Ames here and there. We were playing up in Cedar Falls. Cedar Falls? Yeah, Capones. Remember that time when uh, Drew Birdsall had to ride home with us? Yeah. <laughs> Does he remember? So, so since it's <laughs> Drew Birdsall's birthday today, I'm going to tell the stories and make him listen to this. Uh, it was me and Josh and Dan in my Forerunner, which we had rented a U-Haul trailer, but then the, tra- the tire on the trailer blew like five miles out of town. So now we had to take all of our gear out of the U-Haul trailer, put it into the back of my Forerunner with three people. Yeah. Barely fit in there, but we did good. We make it. We play the show. Drew Birdsall comes to the show for some reason. He was living in Iowa City, but he came to Ames to the show, got really drunk. He was walking down the street with a microphone that was not plugged in going, Dude. going, what do you have to say about this, sir? And he was trying to interview <laughs> people at 2 in the morning. <laughs> I seriously haven't laughed so hard on a car ride home. It was, dude. Okay, so wait. So he he eventually were like, we gotta go. We gotta go home. It's three in the morning. We have a two hour drive home. And Drew's like, that's fine. I'll just like sleep in a corner somewhere. I can't let my friends stay in this town. So okay, so here's my dilemma. Right, I'm the only one that knows Drew. Dan Rowland uh, is sober, so he has to be the driver of my Forerunner. Josh doesn't know Drew. I know Drew, so I got to give Josh the front seat. So I'm in the back seat and Drew Birdsall has to sit on my lap because the whole rest of the car is, is filled with our gear. So the whole way home, Drew's just holding a microphone and asking me how I feel about riding in the back seat. And we had to stop multiple times just so I could get out and stretch. Probably the worst car ride I've ever been in, but up front, Dan and Josh are having the best time of their life. Just bro. Remember we would listen to that late night radio show about like yeah, ghosts uh, and coast to coast coast to coast because me and Dan Rowland used to listen to that because uh, 12 ghost midnight stories. to four in the morning they tell ghost stories and aliens and stuff mm-hmm. oh, we had okay. a good time in fact the Josh Meisner man uh, opened up for the pork tornadoes in Cedar Falls which is how I met those guys yeah really are they still around I think they they still play in Cedar Falls only I think okay. Okay. yeah they're still around mm-hmm. exclusively okay. yeah I, I remember being like man these guys suck we're so much better than they are <laughs> Apparently, that's how I feel about every band. Well, oh, they suck. My band's way better. God. Well, Josh, I'm so glad to have you here now that that's over. Yeah. We're going to start it off. I would like to know, and our guests would like to know, how you even got started playing music. Yeah. So my mom and my dad are both musicians, and no one really knows that unless you I didn't me. actually know that. I know. So my mom sings, and she plays piano. My dad sings. He has a really good voice, and he plays guitar. And so I just grew up into it, man, just like my mom on her piano when I was a kid and my dad uh, playing campfire songs with the family, like just, uh, let's see, John, T- uh, James Taylor, um, Eagles, uh, you know, all those old se- uh, 70s tunes, um, Cat Stevens, huge Cat Stevens fan. And um, so I learned piano first because I just played by ear and I was dinking around on my, on my piano and I, then I learned... Um, Drums. My parents bought me a drum set. That was kind high. of your primary instrument, wasn't it? It was for, a, for, for, for a while there, and then I stopped for years. Um, and then um, I picked up guitar. And so I'm a left-handed, so I'm left-handed in everything except guitar because 
at the time, I think my parents just couldn't afford it or something or whatever. So they were like, hey, you know what, man? We've got to wait another year for, you, for, for us to get you a guitar. And so I had to just learn on my dad's. You just said, screw it. I want to learn. I said, yeah, I'm, I'm going to learn. It was really awkward because I really wanted to play like this. So like, you throw a ball with your left hand? Absolutely then? everything. Everything. Left-handed. That's, I'm, the, I'm actually the exact same way. I really? play guitar right-handed. I'm left-handed. Really? Everything else. I, but I play pool ambidextrously. So. Wow. Yeah, it's interesting. So it's why weird. didn't you get a left-handed guitar? My brother brought me, when I was real young, the first bass guitar. Not that I consider myself a bass player exclusively, but the first instrument I got to pick up, all my other bro- brothers are right-handed. Yeah. And he brought me a left-handed mini bass. Yeah. Or a right-handed mini bass to be able to play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I, I just started dinking around on that. Yep. Thing. Did either of you ever think about flipping it over, though, and playing it like Jimi Hendrix style, where right yeah. where the strings stay in the same spot, right. but it... I did, but there weren't any tabs online that. So then I flipped it back. Uh, yeah. So I just played it right. So, yeah. um, and so I just so when I was in like sophomore in high school was my first band with my brother and my cousin. Was that Caruso? Which you know them both. Yep. Yes. Caruso. You recorded with Doug Johnson. Didn't I recorded you? a couple albums with Doug Johnson, and uh, wrote. It was just like you know that was when My Own Prison came out. Like yes. Creed. You were a big Creed fan. Weren't I was you? a huge. I loved that album. I was a huge My Own Prison fan. There was a couple songs um, that that I liked off their second album. In fact, there was one song off the, off, off their second album that I was like, man, because the verse goes like it actually made me want to write music because I was like, this is brilliant. He goes, ten nine eight seven six five four three two one. That's right. That was the verse of the song. He no. just counted. Yeah. He just counted from ten to one. It was hooky as heck. Yep. And. And it was just like rock. And I'm just like, okay, I'm gonna write. I'm gonna write music like that, <laughs> but better. Uh, well, it was my I'm favorite. <laughs> so it makes I, way I more know money. Exactly what you're talking. About. Yeah, dude. So, um, so Caruso was a rock band, and it probably was very heavy. Molded around influenced. that a little bit. Oh, yeah. A little bit. A so. lot of our first bands were ultimately just byproducts of who we liked. Absolutely. Would you mm-hmm. say? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And so that was high school, and then did a couple albums with Doug. Yeah. So, yeah. So I've been in the studio since I was 16, which is really fun, man. I think the studio is the best place to be in the world if you're a musician, a at least are- in my, like, I would rather be in the studio than on a stage. I just, really? I wow. love, I love the, just the creativity and the environment and just trying to get it right. Yeah. And putting putting it. pieces together yeah. and working with an engineer who knows way more than I do in a producer. And uh, so I could do that for hours and hours. I think a lot of people are probably the opposite of that. Studio scares a lot of people. That's a scary environment if you've never been in there before. Mm -hmm. Yeah, probably can. But you know what? It makes you into really, really good musicians for life. Yeah. Really does. That's why, so like Barrett, he... um, Nick Barrett. Yeah, Nick Barrett. What a killer musician. I'm I'm not even sure if he makes any mistakes. I mean, I've I watched I'm, him a couple times live, and he's just well. First of all, he looks really cool, but I don't think he makes any mistakes. And I think <laughs> it's because all he does is just he's just in the studio, like, and he's such a perfectionist, yeah. mm-hmm. almost to a fault. So he it translates. spends a lot of time on songs, a lot, right? Like mm-hmm. hours and hours on songs. Um, but I think the studio will really uh, it'll help you big time. Yeah, and uh, I think. I hope all local musicians have the opportunity to record at least, even if it's a trailer of cover songs. You know, like Fresh Fighters does. You know, their 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 covers of and they of go into the studio and they and go in the done. studio yep. and do it. It really does refine your skills yep. a ton. I think if I didn't record, let's see, I did two Caruso albums. I did a couple solo albums. 
I went to Nashville. You almost came with me to Nashville yeah. to record Oceans in 08. Um, and then a few more. And then you recorded with me. I, and I have done some of your you past did. albums. Yes, yeah. you did. So um, I really attribute where I am today as far as my musical ability to just hours and hours of perfection in the studio. Well, and, and then when we're talking about money too, which studio costs money, mm-hmm. to be proficient at that skill and to not spend as much time as you need in there yeah. and to get the things done, that's a pretty big skill. Yeah. Shout out to Kickstarter though. Kickstarter, oh, Kickstarter's <laughs> the best. <laughs> so after Caruso, was that All But Screaming era? Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty pretty quickly? Yeah. How yes. did All But Screaming even start? Yeah, so I was, uh, there is, so Shane Lunsford was living in Montana he was with this organization called Youth with a Mission. Okay, so it's basically he was on staff at this missions base where, you know, basically they're in the business of traveling the world and telling people about the hope that they can find in Jesus. So Shane was doing that for years with Bonnie and the kids. And then David, his younger brother, was doing it also. I was friends with them because their parents live in Cedar Rapids. So when they came, came and visit, came and visited one year in Cedar Rapids, their parents went to my church. So I was like, so, so that's when I became friends with Dave and Shane, um, really, really close with David. And um, I decided, hey, I'm out of high school. I kind of want to do what they're doing because they were actually... They were probably playing while they, they were, were doing it, They were playing music. Yeah. They were going overseas and playing music. And, and it was just a blast. And so I had the opportunity to, to do that. I went over to the UK, Northern Ireland, Scotland, and I played music. And um, so uh, we decided they were already in a band they were already in all but screaming, but they were really fresh. They came out with an album, and uh, but they lost their guitar player. They tried me out, and dude, it was the one and only, well, so far, audition that I completely bombed. Really? <laughs> Absolutely bombed, man. Because I've never played lead guitar before, and it was, and it was oh, a lead okay. guitar player. And I'm going into this thinking like, man, I can do this. I'm like 21, right? Um, and just not what they were looking for. Mm. And Shane was so, <laughs> I, I remember Shane being like so great with me because he really wanted me to be in the band because we were close and it yeah. was like kind of kind of awkward, right? Yeah. Like <laughs> he basically Josh moved from Iowa to Montana to go on this West Coast tour and possibly overseas with this touring rock band. And then he was terrible. And I just botched <laughs> the whole thing. And so they gave me like a mulligan or they gave me like a second try. And so I came back in a couple more nights um, and just busted my tail and, yeah. and learned those lines. So yeah. But, dude, I would have, if it was a one-and-done thing, like... It, had you not known them, you would have never been horrible. in the band. You would have been immediately horrible. out. Were, yeah. you, were, you a sing, were you a singer by that point? I was. So yeah. that probably had to at least help. Is like, Yeah, and ooh. I was a tenor. So, so I, I had that, I had that um, you know, high voice that you don't really come by too often, right? Like, yeah. So I was always that guy, like, whenever you hear the albums, it's like... That, that high harmony, that's just like me the whole time. Like, yeah. I'm just up there the whole time. And uh, so that was something that they really wanted. Well, and for those of you that maybe don't know All But... Do you know All But Screaming? Have you ever... So I brought a yeah. CD for you. Good. Yes. Good. I brought Electric Lights, which is our latest one. And uh, that was... I love it. Yeah. And I think you'll like it too, man. My, my big thing is... Um, maybe you already know this because he's, he had to have gushed it by now, but uh, Nick Barrett... Mm-hmm. Is a huge all but screaming yeah, yeah, yeah. fan. Oh, okay, really huge all. Like I remember, and I'll, I'll tell a little story. I'll embarrass Nick a little bit. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I remember one time specifically. So Nick bought a Spectre bass because Shane played a Spectre bass. That he also, um, like, I remember one time, like, we were at a Uptown Friday Nights. This is like five years ago, four years ago, or something. 
And he saw Shane like walking past in the crowd, and he like st- fanboyed like <laughs> just real hard. He's just like, "That's that's Shane Lunsford." The Shane. He's like, and he like runs over, and he just he's, he's does the whole thing of just like not trying to be a fanboy, but he kind of is. But he was, and he's just like, "Hey Shane, like yeah, I just wanted to say hey because like, you know, you're like kind of like a big deal to me." And, and I like, want to tell you how much your band I've changed my life. A, I've got a Spectre bass because I know you played Spectre, and like, so I had to get one. <laughs> Dude, just that's like, so funny. And Shane was just like, "Yeah, awesome, man. That's, that's hey, that's, that's, that's really, cool. really cool. Okay." <laughs> you know what's funny about that is Nick was probably like just out of high school. Mm-hmm. I mean, probably really. So it's like like now now we're all like boys, right? Like even yeah. we're, all like, yeah, yeah. we're all the same age. We're all the same age doing the same exactly. thing. But like back then, like we were where he's at now, mm-hmm. where he was probably like this, you know, punk kid, just like. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I want to do what you're doing. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And he was like, and and that was at that point, like, because I didn't know who you guys were, but he said, he's like, all oh, but screaming. I was like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. All but yeah. he's like, you're under- oh my oh god, my god. Just, I'm gonna get you. Like, a- we'll play a song for you, and I'm like, gonna burn you a CD. And I was yeah. like, oh, this is tight. Holy shit. Well, the, yeah. the unique part about all but screaming is that I had I didn't really I had never really heard them until I met Josh. And then I was able to then kind of go backwards. Mm-hmm. And knowing Josh, Josh is one of the best singers in the state because I've been playing with mm-hmm. him. And, yeah. and then I'm like, so you're the lead singer, right? And he's like, no, I, I was not the lead singer of the band. I'm like, wait, wait, you weren't the lead singer of the band? Yeah. He's like, no, no, uh, David Lunsford wasn't. But I'm all like, you had to do was just listen to David sing. And then you're like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I yeah. mean, if, if, if you gotcha. love Josh Meisner, like, I mean, Dave, Dave Lunsford's a, not... Not saying he's better. It's just a whole different animal. It's totally different. It's a bigger, just kind of more of a haunting voice that is just with a lot of passion behind it. Mm. Where I'm like this, you know, I'm the yeah, pop guy, Justin like, Timberlake, yeah, whatever, yeah. So totally two different styles, and his absolutely fit all but screaming okay. to a team. I know Dave's been listening to the podcast, so shout out, Dave. He's doing some good stuff. Just type his name in and listen to in all Spotify. the stuff he's been putting out on Spotify. Over a million. Went over a million yeah, listens. last year he had over a million listens or something yeah. like that, right? Wow. I mean, that's pr- pretty good, pretty decent. That's not bad. <laughs> not bad. <laughs> and hopefully this one. year goes a little better for him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. His latest one is really cool if you haven't heard it. I forget what it's called, but it sounds like Pink Floyd. Sweet. Oh. It's uh, He's just, yeah, he's he's really good. Um, so, oh, yeah, go ahead. Well, man. you mentioned uh, fanboying, and yeah. uh, <laughs> it reminded me of this like certain fanboy moment I had in All But Screaming. So we were on this West Coast tour. Was, which was really fun. We started in Montana and went to Spokane, Seattle, and then straight south through like Oregon and California and over yeah. to Vegas. We actually played in the Palms Casino, which oh, was really sweet. awesome. We had some really cool gigs and then like gigs you just don't ever want to think about ever again, right? Like having <laughs> yeah, like everybody. Yeah. yeah. So, but we were in Hollywood uh, getting gas and we, and, and so there was five of us in this Honda Accord. <laughs> and I'm not sure if I told you this story. Mike. I don't think so. Okay. But there was five of us in this Honda Accord. For uh, it wasn't our like traveling vehicle for some reason. Like mm-hmm. we were just riding in this to go to certain shows. It wasn't our van or anything, but we were just getting gas. And this was an O four. This was a long time ago. Okay, this was when like Lord of the Rings was like <laughs> the bee's knees. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, and um, so I look ahead of me, and this guy gets out of the passenger side of his like Bronco or whatever, and I'm just like. I'm just like mesmerized by this guy, kind of like having a crush on how good looking this guy is. And I'm straight, but whatever. I mean, whatever. <laughs> you can admit if a guy's good looking. Absolutely. <clears throat> and so the more I look at him, I'm like, man, this is, that guy looks like Orlando Bloom, which 
back 15 years ago, Orlando Bloom was like Bieber today, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's true. And I was like, oh, whatever. But I was like, hey, we're on Hollywood Boulevard. That's probably Orlando it Bloom. probably <laughs> is. And so uh, we just had this like moment where it's like, okay, do we just like, okay, wave at him from a distance or do we get out of the car and run his Bronco down? Because <laughs> by that time he left. So we literally did. And Dave and I ran out of the car running Hollywood Boulevard. We chased <laughs> down the Bronco, dude. And the Bronco stopped. We were on the passenger side because he has a driver, right? And it was him, dude. Just oceanic blue eyes, just a, the pearly white smile and that brilliant Did he say anything to you know, you? New Zealand accent. So he rolls down the window. And uh, Dave, <laughs> being the more mature person at that moment, you know, was like, hey, man, huge fan. Um, love your movies. And, uh, and... Orlando says a few things and I'm just like watching Dave and Orlando like during the whole thing. <laughs> They're talking. And I'm just friends. like so intense and I'm just like, and I just, and I just go, we're in a band. <laughs> <laughs> you magic pull out a CD probably. <laughs> I didn't have one with me, but Damn he, it. I will never forget the look on his face and how he jolted back when I said that. <laughs> and he was still really cool. Like I obviously was insane and a little psycho at that moment, but he was cool. Like he didn't right, like man, tell cool. the driver, like get out of here. <laughs> he like sat and talked to us for for a moment and everything and so that was my fanboy moment <laughs> yeah. of probably my life wow yeah, yeah so that's i love it yeah <laughs> i've Orlando never heard Blue. that story that is fantastic yeah we're in a band <laughs> we're in a band here's our cd <laughs> great awesome. here's our myspace address well dude so the weird thing about all the screaming was that you guys gained some pretty serious momentum yeah i think i I find it hard to believe that that like it didn't go a little further than yeah. it did. I mean, like, where did you guys really even <laughs> end up, and how did that all kind of? How close did you get to making it? I yeah. guess. So I think, um, I I always felt like our music was ahead of its time. Yeah, I I always thought David's writings was. It, it, I felt like the masses, like the majority of the common people who were listening to it, just kind of didn't. They thought it was cool, but they didn't really like grab a hold of it and get it. Mm. I think if we were to go back, well, like even right now and start touring again, I think we would even have more, more momentum. Um, but that's just attributed to the brilliance of David's writing. Yeah. It was just kind of ahead of its time. Uh, but yeah, uh, we won probably four or five battles. Um, Chicago, Minneapolis, Cedar Falls. The, we, um, I can't remember if we won that battle at the Reverb or not. Remember the Reverb? Oh, the upstairs one. Yeah, yeah, that was Cody. terrible. Uh, <laughs> it was, but um, won a lot of battles, original band battles. Um, I think what was so special about the music is that it was just so it was. We were called All But Screaming because they say that. Um, you like when you hear the music when you're singing the music you just want to get to that um, to that point to where you're all but screaming yeah. right like because it's so passionate mm. and energetic and so many vocals and these like roaring guitars and just big big rock drums and um, and I think it was unique because there was there was the message behind it was was very apparent too like you knew it wasn't like these shallow songs about girls but no it wasn't like about like our life and our faith and like hope. And just like real stuff that David even still writes about to today. And uh, I think that really got people on the journey with us and they wanted to, and they just wanted more of it. And you so, could probably feel it gaining some momentum, couldn't you? I mean, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, cocktails, 
yeah, there were some shows where it was just like, you know, shoulder to shoulder. And um, we never played a full like three, four hour sets. We always brought in, we always brought in, you know, openers because we only had like an hour and a half set. And plus our, our show back then was very energetic. Yeah. You can't play, (laughs) you know how it is. It's like, man, um, you can't, you can't play for over two hours if you're, if If you're really putting that into it. Yeah. So yeah. what? And how- so yeah. So uh, I don't really remember what the turning point was as far as why the band disbanded. So I know you cut the two full albums, right? Like there was so there was three. There was, there, was, e- there was one before me. Okay, that's right. And then there was one was an EP, right? Like yep. One was just five jams. Was that Electric Lights? No, that was um, If Beauty Comes at All. Yep, that was with Suffering and Build It Up and yep. Kills Me. Those jams, and then our our latest one, which I have for you, yep. is. Um, was called Electric Lights, and that was recorded in Nashville with a buddy of ours, and we're really proud of that one. Like, that one just, that one sounds really good. And then maybe just a couple years later, I think we just started having kids. Yeah. Um, and I think, not just the kids, because I, I think you can make music work with kids, but mm-hmm. I think you have to be fully into it. You would have already needed to have essentially... Absolutely. Made it by that point. Some, you know. yeah. we, we can't have other jobs at this point. Totally. Yeah. Yep. So we were just at that point in our lives where it was like, okay, well, let's... Uh, and so it just kind of, you know, went away. And then before you know it, you know, Shane's in Black the Sun. I'm yeah, trying, that actually, that happened fairly quick after yep, that, didn't it? I'm trying to recruit Mike Schulte <laughs> to be in a cover band. If we're going to do this music thing, we need to make some money, yep. is, is essentially what you guys figured out, yep. right? And then David did a solo album called Love, and he had his own That's little... That's a fantastic he had his, album. Yeah, it's a good yeah. one. He had his own band, too, so we all had our own separate projects, and... Uh, there was a few. There was a couple of reunion shows, though. Was there it like was. one or two? Mm-hmm. Do you think? Do you think if you guys did a reunion show now... Do you think like what do you think that would be like? Um, because I because before all you're thinking of that, I I personally think your music's pretty timeless. I mean it's it's yeah, it's easy to go back to stuff that was recorded in the early 2000s and be like, mm, yeah, I can see why that was good back then, but I don't really like it now. Like like the new the whole new metal scene. Like I loved new metal, but it's virtually impossible to listen to right now. <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. But but man, like you can still go back to those albums and, yeah, and play it start to be- start to finish. I think if we were to have just a show like next month, um, I don't think it would be heavily attended because we've been out of the scene for so long, right? Sure. But if you gave us a span of six months to play like three or four shows around this area. Um, I think that's what it would take just, yeah. just because I think once you see it, once you saw the band once you just, I don't know, for some reason you just wanted you had to more. come back. I don't know. Yeah. And maybe every band says that about themselves, but, nah, I don't but know. it was pretty, it was pretty evident with that band. I think yeah. I'm, I'm finally getting up. My new year's resolution was to do something that I'm uncomfortable with, but also that I've been wanting to do for a long time. So I'm actually going to start some drum cover videos. Dude. Uh, and I'm going to do build it up. Uh, cause part of it was that I want to do some popular songs that people will search for, but I also want to do some songs of local artists or songs that I came up with that maybe you don't know, but you should know. And here's a cool song I'm going to do. So I'm going to do build it up. I've so been, re- so I've when been you rehearsing mean cover, you mean play over the song. By yeah. Add, have you ever watched your, any of those videos? Flair to it. Yeah. So try to, pl- try to play it for what it's worth, but also maybe Not a tutorial. Not a tutorial. Like, a start cover. the song. You can hear the backing song, but you're also watching me yeah. play the drum part to it. Right. But maybe throw a little bit of something different in there. 
Yeah. So I've been rehearsing. So nice. would you take the drums out of the track when you? I don't know if I can. Again? I don't know if that's possible. Unless you got the old masters. You may have the stems. Oh, oh if they got them, yeah. that'd be sweet. Something's happening. Know. Maybe Doug Johnson. <laughs> Doug might have recorded and build it up in his studio. Okay. Well, there we go. Hmm. Now you guys are just going to have to watch. Go. All right. Let's see what happens. <laughs> I'm in. So, so then you guys start all the, you start the couple cover bands. JMB starts, Black the Sun starts, but you were also, uh, at that point you were, you were writing solo stuff, right? Yep. It, did it start right, right away? When did Oceans come out? That was your first one, right? Oceans came out that in was, 08. That was during JMB, yep. So I was in my cover band, but I still needed my original music outlet. And so I and so I was writing on the side. I view oceans in a similar light as some of the all but screaming stuff. I mean, you have a very passionate fan base for for especially that first album. Yeah, like like ride along. Mm-hmm. I mean, like you could you. Sh- I'm surprised you guys don't play that in like any of your current bands because yeah. people love that album. I have good friends. Yeah, I'm not sure if they were. I think they just liked me a lot. I'm not sure know. if they liked the music that Molly, much. My wife, Molly, doesn't like you at all, but she loves that <laughs> she song. She does love that song. <laughs> she just can't stand you, but that song is amazing. <laughs> so, yeah, so you, so at this point, I mean, are you having any hope for, like, you're putting out this solo album just for you, or are you having some hope that maybe something happens? You know, in 08, I was still in my mid-20s, so I think, yeah, I think... Maybe. Maybe. Um, but no, I mean, these days I, I think you still have to be in your teens really to even get, Probably, to even right? get looked at. It's just crazy. And, and now there's such an oversaturation. There's so m- much music at your finger t- fingertips. Yeah. Yeah. You actually can be from Iowa and get signed because people can find you, but wait, there's also yeah. 40 other million people that do are doing right. what you're doing. And, yeah. and I was right. doing pop music too. And, um, yeah, I think pop music, you have to. Really looking for youth, I think. Mm. That's just my opinion, though. But. but that was probably right around the time when when you I was loving this whole cover man thing, and I was so excited. And this was so amazing. And then Josh drops a bomb on me and says he's going to be moving to Florida. That mm. was when did you move to Florida? Two thousand ten. Two thousand ten. Yeah, because because at this point you were you were looking at career, right? And and mm-hmm. somehow combining that music talent that you have yeah. with a career. So I got ordained. Yeah. As a pastor. But I wanted to still do music. And so I found this, you know, vein in the church where it's like, I can still play rock music and and also be a pastor. And I kind of just married and I found that marriage between both of them. And so that's and so I've been doing that at I guess four churches later. Uh, nine years later, you've made it in the music business. <laughs> I have. I mean, dude, tech- I'm a full time musician. Dude, I mean, would you tell somebody that if you meet a random person, they go, "What do you do?" I mean, technically, you're like, "I'm a musician," right? I have dropped the "I am a professional musician" because technically, I am. You are. I I get paid full time for it. Benefits. You know what's cool? This might have been on it's those bennies, man. <laughs> you got to get those. Nobody gets bennies. Nobody gets bennies in this industry. Shit. No, one of the cool. I think maybe you mentioned it on the other podcast, but you were talking about how uh, how what your church does to be able to allow music to become a super popular part of not a, not a popular part, but like a very integral part of yeah. of your church and your mass is amazing to me because I I'm growing up, I'm growing up old school Catholic. And I mean, the music's the big, one of the bigger lackluster things. And, and even my mom, I think my mom's come to your church a few times mm-hmm. because that's what she wants. She yeah. wants like 
nothing moves people more than music does when it comes to stirring emotions. So like, why wouldn't that go hand in hand with religion? And I think you, you said that that's kind of been a big deal for you is to try to make music a more important part of the service, right? Yeah. So the bummer thing about church is, um, more often than not, uh, you lose, as far as the music goes, um, you lose a lot of quality, uh, you know, and, the secular world, I guess we'll call it, like just the world we live in, the music's really good, 102.9, like, right? But sometimes when you turn to the Christian radio station, it's just like, oh my goodness. Like this, <laughs> this. And so my heart is to like, how, how do we bridge that gap? Like, why can't music be excellent and top-notch even in the church? Because you know what? Um, I think it would bring a lot of people who are like down and depressed and oppressed and, and stressed out and like just needing hope. I think it would draw those people into a church building uh, where they otherwise may be just like terrified to go into. I mean, there was moments like when I was young, I was, I was terrified to go into church because I was like, dude, I'm, I suck. Like, I don't belong in a church. And I know that there's a lot of people that, that, that probably feel still that feel that way. Yeah. Yeah. So, so why not like make it more inviting and, um, and have just like loud music and make it sound like what they listen to in their car or yeah. at work or whatever. Um, but it's different cause it, cause, cause it brings a different message and we're offering something that I believe can help them. And so that's my heart. Like, so let's make, you know, yeah. So church gets a bad rap for music, but it doesn't have to, man. Like let's make it good. Yeah, and uh, so that's what I've been doing. And you take it. How many? Years. How many churches did you say? Because you took that down to what Fort Myers, Fort Myers, Florida, Florida for a couple Seattle. years. Seattle and then Seattle. That's right. You went to Seattle for a while. Yep. And then River of Life in Cedar Rapids. Yep. And now I'm at Life Church in Coralville. That's and I've so been cool. There for man. a month. How, how's it going? Oh, dude, I love yeah. it. Yeah, I can't. I've heard some good feedback. I've seen on the social media yeah. that so, that that new Josh Meisner is pretty awesome. It's I've pretty cool, that. man. Because um, it's it's like. This church really values like equipment and quality. Actually, Doug Johnson goes there and he actually put the oh, lights gosh. and all the sound system in there. And mm-hmm. so, it's cool because I've never like been at a church with like really awesome lighting and like little smoke. Um, just a little bit. <laughs> just a little. Just a little bit. Can't have too much in church, no, right? No. <laughs> uh, but the sound system's just like rocking, and so it's just been a lot of fun. A lot of fun, and it's a bigger church with a lot of people than um, it's a, it's it's a it's a young church. And so we're just having a blast there. So do you, were you able to like, were you, did you ever play music in church when you were younger? Like when you were a teenager? Yeah. So I was always in, in a church that allowed it and that, um, and, and received it. Right. Yeah. So, so you had people kind of taking you under their wing and absolutely. I had, I had mentors my whole life, man. Isn't that cool to almost give that back at this point? Cause you're, can you imagine being 14 and like, I really want to play the guitar and I'm learning this. And then you get to play in a church uh, under the tutelage of Josh Meisner with Josh Meisner with top notch gear. Mm -hmm. And like, you probably, I mean, that's an experience that you can't get anywhere else. You really can't. You can't. Yeah. True. Yeah, I love it. I love I love being able to be in my position now, and and so I'm actually like one of the older guys on my team, um, and so I'm able to just kind of pour in and help these kids develop in their craft. Yeah, um, I have a bunch of singers, bunch of musicians, and uh, yeah, it's just it's just been a lot of fun, and I don't plan on quitting that. Yeah, I want to do that. I want to be a mus- I want to be a like a rocker. Kind of like Shane Lunsford, right? Yeah. Like, I don't think he's ever going to quit nah. either. 
And no I want to. I want to do it. It wouldn't feel right. No. Yeah. I want to do it in the bars, and I want to do it in the church. And I'm actually really fortunate that my my pastor's like, "You playing the bars? That's awesome." Oh, and, cool. Because oh, it yeah. wasn't like that, was it? Uh, there was a little bit of period there where that was kind of frowned upon yep, for yep, you. It was, and I ended up taking a break from it for a while, and then that's kind of why JMB stopped for a while there. I think. Yep. Yeah, so you're gonna, you know, you're gonna run into the conflict of interest with some people, like where it just doesn't make sense of how, like, a pastor, you know, in the church would be in the bar environment, right? But, um, but my new gig now, they they love they love that I'm doing that, and right. so that that's why I always thought I never really agreed with that because I'm like, don't you think most of the people that might need some help, might actually be in a bar setting totally. that are looking for an answer or something, you know? Okay. So that's super cool. And that was always a bummer for me was knowing that like the general public of Cedar Rapids couldn't see Josh Meisner play music unless they, unless they belong to the church or went to the church. Mm. Uh, but it's so good to have you back. Cause now, cause now you're doing so after, after you came back, you started doing strays, right? Yeah. So strays came about, because you just you want to get back with Shane, like that was kind of his brainchild, right? Saying let's let's get back, let's play some music. Yep, I think I actually think I pursued Shane, and and I wanted to and I wanted to just do something with him. Yeah, because we've been out of out of it for a long time. I knew he was already in Black the Sun. I was like, let's play pop music though, right? So this was probably like six years ago, and uh, and that was that. And we've had like four or five drummers since. And- who were, who was the original drummer? <clears throat> I, I'm, I'm really blanking on this. I can't remember. It who. was Travis Perry. Was it always Travis right from the start there? Yep. And it, you go, you were just a three piece. It was just you three. Mm-hmm. And then eventually the Noel Nissen. Yes. And Trevor. And then, and yep. And then Trevor and then back to Travis and yep. then Sean Murphy now. Okay. That's right. Which have you and seen? Now you got David. McGarvey. Have you seen Sean play Rosanna yet? That that shuffle beat. No, Dude. maybe I have. It like blows my mind every time. It doesn't seem that hard. But I tried doing it, I can't, and I can't even touch it. Yeah. Have you ever tried that intro I don't beat know, to Rosanna? I don't know if I can picture it. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's that, on that an was really impressive. That, I'd, have, yeah. I'd, have to th- I'd have to sit down and try that. Because yeah. you're right. It's like, oh, it's just easy. You just go... But like, can you actually do it? Not even close. All right, I'm going to try it. I, the should. only reason I've, I've been able to start playing these drum covers is because I finally broke down and bought an electronic drum set. Oh, uh, yeah. I will never play it live. You'll never see me in public with it. But I've played more drums in the last four months that I've had that than I have in probably the last five years. That's awesome, dude. Because it's it's like forcing me to want to actually practice. So now now I'm adding a song to the list. I'm sure Molly appreciates. Oh man, she loves it. She's like, were you playing drums? I'm like, yeah. You didn't hear me? She's like, no, I didn't hear you. (laughs) But cat cat finds it a little strange. She's like, why are you just doing these things? Yeah. (laughs) Why are you just hitting the same thing in different spots? I don't understand. It's a weird game, man. It's a weird (laughs) game, man. So so Strays is still actively out there playing. uh, But then recently you got to start up Jane. Rocket, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which to so me, so I have to say, we added Dave McGarvey. Yeah, Dave. Dave's- so we were a three piece forever, and I think I just asked Shane. I was like, it was just too taxing on me. So much work. I just couldn't do it. Josh Meisner band and Strays. You do I had a so keyboard in front work. of me. I had a guitar, and I was responsible of all the solos mm. and like the rhythm. That is too and much. And like most of the lead vocals, and so I was like, please, we need a fourth. And then um. And so that was when Trevor came around. Yeah. And then, uh, and then Dave McGarvey, man, who was probably one of the most unassuming guys totally. you'll ever meet, but um, a killer, killer musician. And so, yeah, we've been a four-piece since. And then, uh, yeah, Janie Rocket last year. 
Who started Janie Rocket? Uh, Jordan and Sean. Was that was that a want for? So your brother Jordan Meisner mm-hmm. was really cool because I actually didn't know he played because I never saw Caruso. Another unassuming guy. Very unassuming. Never yep. knew he played music. Always coming around to the shows, having a good time. Mm-hmm. But then um, I think before you guys did this, Jordan joined uh, Chatterbox. Right. Was that the Correct. first thing that he would have started? And and I never, I'm like, oh, you're gonna learn how he's. Like, no, I've always played bass, and <laughs> and then I see him play. I'm like, oh, oh, oh my God, yeah, yeah. you you do play bass, yeah. Yeah, and then yeah. he's throwing out harmonies, like, and you sing mm-hmm. too. He goes, yeah, yeah I sing, mm-hmm. and and I think that probably lit a fire under Jordan to want to get into music, didn't it? Oh, absolutely. Him him joining Chatterbox, he just gained this confidence that I've yeah. never seen him in like 35 years, like and. He's like, okay, and yeah, and so sh- him and Sean, which they are brother-in-law, like... Which is so brothers. cool, because I brothers? knew both of them yeah. and didn't know them together until I started seeing photos of them. Like, you guys know each other? Yeah, we're like stepbrothers. Yeah, we're like, basically, yeah. Basically what? family now, so yeah. They're very crazy. close, and which is yes. so cool. And then to see Sean Pryor get into something that he really loves to do. Which was, I think may have been hard for him at first. I think it probably he, was. Because it was a cover band. Yeah. Because yeah. Uh, he was all... Um, has he played in a cover band before that? Yeah, I mean, we did some covers as, in Friendly Fire, but he wasn't like, it was never like exclusive covers. You know no. what I mean? Yeah. Um, he's, you know, he's so, he's, he's so, sounds so diehard against it. But then at the same time, he just loves playing music. Yeah, and he doesn't, and he, he doesn't give a damn as long as he just gets totally. to play his fucking guitar. And if you haven't seen Janie Rocket, uh, you've got, You've got Josh Meisner on drums, mm-hmm. but the the cool part about this is that, uh, and I think which is why Sean likes it so much is that it's 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 cover music, but they're pretty off the beaten path co- right. covers to where maybe maybe you've never heard them, yeah. or maybe you've heard it and been like, oh yeah, I remember that song. Right. Well, Paramore is a definition. True, of that. sure, they aren't very mainstream, but, but you know them. Yeah, but yeah. you know them. Do you guys play Misery Business? No, that's the that's one of my drum cover. Do you know that one? That's one I, of my favorite drum songs in the whole world. I won't touch that one. Oh, you should. I no. Do you know which one I'm talking about? Oh, absolutely. Oh, that, just that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Uh, and then uh, Sarah Coulter. Sarah Coulter. So yeah. So so Sean and Jordan, and then Jordan's niece, who was in high school. Okay. They were a three piece. They opened up for Chatterbox at like Broken Spoke or something. Wait, what's that? Um, the outdoor by the bike path. Yeah. Yeah. It's that's a uh, sag, sag wagon. Sag wagon. They opened up for Chatterbox, and I saw them uh, do like an acoustic set. I just remember being like, "Man, that'd be cool!" Like if they had a drummer because they're really good. Like they're really good musicians. She had a really cool voice, and I actually just I think I just kind of bullied my way in, <laughs> and I was like, "Sean Jordan, let me play drums for you guys." And they're yeah. like, "No, you're Josh Meisner." Like they really didn't even have a choice. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I loved it so much, and um, so we had a couple practices with their niece, and she just got too busy with school. She was in show choir. I think she was like a junior in high school or whatever. Oh. And so it was just Sean Jordan and I, just like this three piece without a vocalist. And so Sarah sings with me at church, and just a killer girl, incredible, yeah, incredible voice. And this was so new for her. She's never, ever been on a stage like singing. <laughs> like a, yeah, public stage. So there was some selling to get her on board, but we did it, man. And so, yeah, we're a four-piece. And we play a ton of Paramore. And then we also do um, we do a few like Fleetwood Mac songs. Yeah. Just like... Off the wall. Just off the wall yeah. stuff, yeah. 
There's Paramore. Who's the Paramore singer? It's uh, Haley Williams. So she legitimately is probably one of the best female vocalists of all time, in my opinion. I mean, she is like she hits it, and it is pure. She hits it, and she also captures the audience. She's just such such a great showman, show woman. Yeah, and I've heard, and this in no way, shape, or form goes out to anyone that might be listening that has played Paramore before, because I I'm I haven't seen you. I, I don't think so, but. I've only heard of all the people I've ever heard do Paramore. There are only two women that I've ever heard, like with my own ears, that are like, "Whoa, you mm. nail that!" Mm. Uh, and Sarah's one of them, like, because mm. that is you got to be able to nail that. Yeah, and and it just like she hits it. Yeah. Uh, the other one, funny enough, is uh, Mason's sister Becca, her his oh, younger really? sister. She's got she's got an unbelievable voice, but she just doesn't care. She's like, I don't care. I don't really want to get up there and do that. Like, we're like, geez. So we, we want to, we want to try to get her on board. She, does, to do yeah, a couple she doesn't Paramore. get up there with big brother. No, and- she just doesn't really care. Wow. She's very good. And, and in the same way as Sarah, like you, when, if you're going to sing that, like I want you to hit it and they both hit it so well. Uh, how is it? So like, do you get your back on the drums, less responsibility? You, you got to feel good about this. I am having an absolute blast. But at the same point, don't you want to be that front man? Absolutely not. Wow. Because you have it. Okay, so wait. What if Strays was no longer and this was your only band and you couldn't sing, you couldn't be a guitar player? That's a good question. I don't know. I love this band so much that, uh, I mean, everyone is so good at what they do and they're just great people. Yeah. You know, like when you're in a band where it's just like, you just love just being around them. Like you can just do anything other than music, like you could just you could live with them. Yeah, right? if, if the band ended today, you guys would still hang out and be best friends. Absolutely, we could yeah. all be roommates and it'd be great. So that makes it really easy for me to just sit behind the drums. I do actually sing a lot in that band. That's true. Yeah, so. I mean, you can't be Josh Meisner in a band and then like not eventually <laughs> be like, like yeah. hey, you should, uh, Josh, you should sing, sing back this? up on this one. <laughs> Can you play keys and drums at the same time? That'd be super cool. I'm trying. <laughs> I was I was pretty pissed off. I got uh, I got major stomach flu a couple weeks ago, yeah. and I was supposed to I was practicing so hard I was going to mm. fill in on two songs on drums with Janie Rocket, That's and right. it literally couldn't couldn't move, couldn't get out of bed. I was so mad. So One sad. of the songs that I'm still perfecting, Mike just absolutely comes into our rehearsal and nails, <laughs> and then he's like, "Dude, I'm throwing up," and I'm like, "Oh, oh no, I'm not good at this." You probably stopped practicing. I, oh, it. absolutely, I didn't touch it. I would like I would like a redo at that someday. Okay. That's all I. That's all I request. Uh, no one knows. Okay, no one knows by uh, Queens, Queens of the Stone, Stone Age. Age. You know that song? No, I don't. It's like I, it took me, no and that's it. actually one of the reasons I bought the electronic drum set. Finally, is I'm like, I need, I got to practice this <laughs> song. There's no way I can just be like, oh, I know it. Yeah. I had to practice it. and I had to hear it with my own ears. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, like, I, I love seeing you guys. Um, I love all the bands you've ever been in. It's it. I I tell people to this day. That the only reason I'm st- I'm playing music and I've had the the weird successes I've had is because I met you at Aegon Transamerica mm-hmm. and you brought me out of my weird shell. And I, I, and I, I think, literally owe it all I to think you, specifically man. at the Irish Democrat. I think yeah, we had a lunch and you're I like, we, we should do this. Let's do it, man. We had some cheese, cheese wontons. wontons. I was hogging the honey mustard. He's like, you can have as much as you want, bud. <laughs> Those things bring down walls, man. They do. <laughs> bring down walls. Tons. They bring down walls. <laughs> well, man, anything else you want to share? It's been a pleasure having you here, man. Any any weird things you want to tell us? Any you don't even have things? to. Um, I don't think I have any weird stories. I just love what you guys are doing. Thanks, man. I, I mean, I just, yeah, I love it. I think uh, it's really bringing everyone together. And actually, every time I listen to a podcast, it just, it actually motivates me more to actually just build community 
like step out and just try to get out more. Yeah. So I think if it wasn't for the podcast, I'd probably just be, you know, I wouldn't be motivated to actually, you know, get out and encourage the bands. Yep. And so. Well, our last episode, we had Sean Jackson and like, like it, I had, I had a preconserved no, notion of who Sean was. And then, I mean, the, it, our conversation was completely different than, yeah. and, and, and I think these are important to make people be like, oh, we're all the same person. Yeah. Yeah. We're all the same band, the same musicians. Not awesome. We all, we all have the same insecurities and like, we're all the same. Absolutely. Yeah. Strike up a conversation with everybody yeah. and Absolutely. talk it out. So we're not like we're going to fix anything, but at least we're like bringing some people together, right? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Well, thanks for coming, man. I appreciate God, you're it. You're the best. You're such a podcast star right now. <laughs> two what, for what's two. Your, <laughs> what's your next one you're going on? Rogan. Oh, wouldn't wow. that be awesome? Yeah. I think that I had a dream like a about that. step, you know, us and then Rogan. You yeah, know, equivalent. I, yeah, I'd say that's a decent, you know. <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to say, I'm say, Joe, I have an Orlando Bloom story. You have to hear <laughs> You know, you, I mean, what are we going to talk about for the other two and a half hours? Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, to close this, I heard, I don't know if it's true, but I, we, I heard that he currently makes $30 million a year. Just based on podcast. Wow. That's, I mean, he's the number one podcast in the world. So, hashtag, goals. I didn't even know it could be that lucrative. I, yeah. With, wow. I w- think of what it costs to buy a sponsorship, to have him talk about your, your sponsorship, like your company on the air. That's insane. That's a good point. Like, that's what like, is that worth? If that's he, like Stephen A. Smith numbers. Yeah. Wow. I like Joe Rogan better. I do too. Yeah, me too. <laughs> All right, man. I appreciate you coming by. All right. Thanks. Thanks. Bye.